Hello and welcome back to another Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. I'm JW. And today we're going to talk about all the crazy stories from week two in the NFL. There were a lot of really close games, a lot of comebacks, some of which uh, came to fruition and the team that was behind won. Others, the team in front, held on. But first, let's talk about probably the best game of week two. The Ravens against the Dolphins. For a long portion of this game, the Ravens were winning. Lamar Jackson was on fire. He had a couple long passing touchdowns. He had an extremely long rushing touchdown. The Ravens even had a kickoff return for a touchdown. They were up by 21 points in the fourth quarter. And then Tua Tagovailoa came back. He had six touchdowns in this game, including four in the fourth quarter. And he was played absolutely lights out, especially late on. Is, does this mean Tua is a legit franchise quarterback? Should we be all the way on the Tua hype train, GW? I wouldn't, I wouldn't jump on the, the total Tua franchise hype train just yet. I mean, he has two of the best receivers in the league on his team. Uh, a great pass-catching tight end. So, you know, in the past, he's really struggled with having not great weapons, which... I mean, a lot of quarterbacks do, to be fair, but, I mean, he was really struggling. Now that he's got great weapons, you know, he's doing well, but I think we need to see some more consistency out of two of them than just two games to really jump on the Tua-is-the-guy hype train. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned consistency. I think that's the key for Tua. Six touchdowns is great one game, but then the previous game he only had one touchdown, and he was kind of average. And I think, overall, it's just a – this is a great, you know, start to the season for him because he played so well. He outdueled Lamar Jackson. So if you just look at the stat line, you know, 450 yards, six touchdowns, you'd say, wow, you know, Tua is, is going to be amazing. But then if you actually look at how he played, a lot of his touchdowns he was throwing to wide open receivers. Tyree Kill had a couple touchdowns where he just burned the defense and he was wide open and to, all Tua had to do was just throw it near him. And even then, Tua was under-throwing him a lot, like especially on that second touchdown to Tyree Kill where it was just a busted coverage. You know, I mean, he underthrew him by like 10 yards. He should have hit Tyree Kill in a stride. So overall, it's a great game. But against a good defense, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle aren't going to be as open as they were. The Ravens really did a terrible job, especially in the fourth quarter, of covering Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. So I think, yes great game from him but he really needs to be as you mentioned more consistent and also more accurate because if you're going up against some of the better teams in this league if you're going up against the Chiefs and against the Chargers who have actually good secondaries if you underthrow those passes they're going to get intercepted Tyreek Hill is not going to be able to catch them and take them for an 80-yard touchdown yeah um another one of the big big games this week was the Cardinals against the Raiders for a long time, the Raiders were winning this game. It looked like the Cardinals were a terrible football team. They really could not move them on offense. They were getting torched on defense. But then Kyler Murray came back, and he was really astonishing this game. It was incredible the way he played. There was a two-point conversion late in the game where I think he scrambled for the equivalent of 80 yards and then scrambled into the end zone to get those crucial two points and obviously the cardinals ended up winning thanks to a late 
Hunter Renfro fumble, which was returned for a touchdown. So do you, does this mean, you know, the Cardinals were your Super Bowl pick. Do you think they're back on the right track and they're going to be able to be great in the NFC this season? Look, I mean, this certainly, this is a win that they definitely needed against a solid team. Uh, you know, starting off, not, not a great start week one against the Chiefs, but they're a good team. So they needed this win to keep on track, you know, wait till they get D-Hop back. And then they can really be that juggernaut that I expect them to be going into the uh, going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, for, through six quarters, the Arizona Cardinals really looked lost, and it looked like you know this team that had a lot of hype surrounding them was just going to be bad, especially for that in that division, which has two teams that made the NFC Championship last year. And you know the Raiders completely dominated that game, but you have to give credit to the Arizona Cardinals to Kyler Murray and to Cliff Kingsbury for finding a way back, for being extremely resilient, for not giving up. And, I mean, it, this just comes down to Kyler Murray. And I know a lot of people are praising the Cardinals right now, and as they should because it was a remarkable comeback, but I just think that it, this game showed how reliant they are on Kyler Murray, how reliant they are on him to just come up with some magical plays. I really don't think Cliff Kingsbury is the right head coach. What are your thoughts on, on how he's done so far in the NFL? I mean, it's 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 sort of worked, you know. He never really had that great success in college. He had great quarterbacks. He led them to, you know, Texas Tech had some solid seasons under him, but ultimately he got fired from Texas Tech for, you know, not really passing that seven eight win mark. And uh, he's kind of been similar in the NFL, just not really, you know, doing enough to get them over the top. Kind of just relying on a great quarterback. Uh, running, you know, a vertical scheme and just making plays and uh, extending their time in the pocket. Uh, and so when it when it really comes down to the big decisions, like he's never he's never really been like the super decisive head coach who you always trust to make a big decision. But honestly, in this game, I mean, two two point conversions that were both successful, both were imperative. They were down sixteen and got two touchdowns with the two two point conversions that worked. You know. So, I mean, his play calling is looking better. I think he could definitely be a uh, solid head coach. Yeah, the one thing I would say about him is there's a trend with the Cardinals where each of the past three seasons, they've started out really strongly, and then they've kind of fizzled out as the season's gone on. I kind of blame that on Cliff Kingsbury. But the problem this season is, you know, they haven't started out that great. They played terribly against the Chiefs. For three quarters, they played terribly against the Raiders. If they keep this up and all of a sudden – in the second half of the season, they start slumping again, it's going to be a really big problem. But let's talk about the other team in this game, the Las Vegas Raiders. There was a lot of hype around them. I believe you picked them to win the AFC West. You know, they traded for Devontae Adams. They, they signed uh, Chandler Jones. And now they're 0-2. And I get they're 0-2 against two pretty good teams in the Cardinals and the and the Chargers. But should we be concerned about them? Yeah, there's a little room for concern, but I don't think it's it's too much. Uh, they've still been running the ball pretty well with Josh Jacobs. Their receiving core is really good. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, I think they're all going to get back on track. You know, Devontae Adams had a really good week one game. Uh, you know, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro did not. Uh, and then this, this most recent game, they all kind of did okay. Hunter Renfro had that bad fumble that kind of led to them losing the game. But, I mean, I think this team can, can certainly get it back on track and uh, still definitely, like, buy for the playoffs. 
The one thing I would say is Derek Carr has no excuses not to be great right now. There are a lot of people who say that Derek Carr is extremely underrated, who think he he's a legitimate you know superstar quarterback in the making. And I've never really bought it, but I have to admit, last season he played extremely well. And going into this season, I thought you know with Devontae Adams, who he already has a connection with because they played together at Fresno State. I thought, you know, Derek Carr could really take the next step forward and really prove all the doubters, such as myself, wrong. But he really hasn't done that. I mean, you look at this game, Devontae Adams had two catches. For a superstar like him, he needs to be fed the ball over and over again. He needs to have seven, eight, nine, ten receptions every single game. So, you know, really disappointing. But I agree with you. They have the talent to get back on track. And I think Josh McDaniels can be a good coach. They've just been really you know, unfortunate that they've played against two pretty solid teams in the first few weeks. Now let's talk about another disappointing team in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals, the reigning AFC champions with Joe Burrow, who everyone has been talking about as the future of the NFL. And they started the season with two easy games at home against the Steelers on the road against the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are playing without their starting quarterback in Dak Prescott. You think, you know, from the outside, you think, these are two easy wins for the Bengals, which they are going to need, especially in that extremely tough AFC North. And yet, they lost both those games, and Burrow has played quite terribly. You know, is this, are we seeing the real Joe Burrow? Was last year a fluke? I mean, what's going on? I, I mean, I don't know. Something is wrong with this Cincinnati Bengals team. I mean, Joe Burrow is getting, you know, outdueled at quarterback by Mitchell Trubisky and Cooper Rush. Uh, their defense just is not not playing up to standard. Uh, the whole offense really is just in the toilet. Uh, they're not scoring any points on some, you know, I mean, that Dallas defense, Pittsburgh's defense, they're not bad, but I mean, they shouldn't be scoring only like 17 points mm-hmm. against them. And like, this team needs to, needs to fix this, fix this immediately because the Ravens, uh, you know, they're one and one, you know, they're looking to capitalize on this slow start for the Bengals. So, Absolutely. And one of the big emphasis of the Bengals offseason was to upgrade that offensive line. Obviously, Joe Burrow set the NFL record for the most sack quarterback in a postseason. So they made some big additions on the offensive line. And really the thought was with that offensive line, now, all of a sudden, they're going to be even better because they have the great defense. They have all those weapons, and Joe Burrow's a phenomenal quarterback. But what we've seen is the offensive line really hasn't improved. I think Joe Burrow's on track to be sacked something like 100 times this season or something crazy like that. So really, with that weak offensive line, with Joe Mixon really struggling in the running game, and with Jamar Chase being constantly double-teamed, Joe Burrow really is like he's out on his own right? And he's really done a poor job of distributing the ball to some of those other weapons like Tyler Boyd, like T. Higgins. So I think, you know, if you're a Bengals fan, there is cause for concern because you needed those two wins. You could not afford to lose them. And, you know, I I question whether they're even going to make the playoffs now because if they're struggling and losing against the easy teams, how are they going to do when they play the Ravens, as you mentioned? How are they going to do when they play all the great teams in the AFC West, like the Chargers and the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Broncos, I think you have to be really concerned. You know, Joe Burrow, there's been a lot of hype around him, 
But at the end of the day, he has just not showed up this season, and it's been really, really disappointing. All right, now let's move on to another segment of Quick Hits. Let's talk about a lot of the crazy games in quick succession. So ready? I'm going to start. All right, J-Dub. On Thursday Night Football, the first Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime, the Chiefs defeated the Chargers by a score of 27-24. to Justin Herbert was picked off in the fourth quarter, and the, the Chiefs player returned it for a pick six. And then Justin Herbert got injured in this game and really struggled to stay in the game. Ultimately, he was able to, but it looks like he might have some fractured ribs or something like that. So, but do you think this was more an indication that the Chargers are still, you know, the same old Chargers, or is this just showing that the Chiefs, even without Tyree Kill, they're still really special? I think the Chiefs, without Tyree Kill, this offense is still super special. I mean, guys like Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Miko Hardman, they can still take the top off the defense, you know. Not totally the same as, as with Tyree Kill, but, you know, they still got dudes who can, you know, run four threes and just, you know, get the deep ball. So... I think their offense is just fine. Their defense is probably even better than it was last year. Uh, I think this this whole team is just, I mean, this is a great run franchise. They got a great head coach in Andy Reid. And uh, I think that, I mean, they're just a, a solid team all around. Yeah, the only thing I would say is, I mean, I kind of think this is a classic example of the Chargers being the Chargers. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. And my biggest reservation was that, they somehow find a way to win, to lose games that they should be winning. In this particular game, I thought their defense played extremely well, held Patrick Mahomes somewhat in check, you know, as much as you can do when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. And ultimately, with that late pitch six, and with a few little mistakes in there, you know, Clyde Rosalaire had a long run in the fourth quarter that's completely unacceptable. Without those two instances, I think the Chargers win this game. You know, really disappointing from the Chargers' perspective. Yeah. So uh, what do you think about this? The Giants, a team that everyone thought was going to be competing for that number one overall pick in the draft, has started off really hot at 2-0, and beating some good teams. Is there, is there playoff aspirations for this team? I think we should hold our horses a little bit on the Giants. I mean, you said good teams. I'm not sure if you know, the Panthers qualify as a good team or even the Titans I mean, they were the number one seed last year, but as we'll get into later, they have not been very good this season. So, you know, I think we should hold our horses. They still have Daniel Jones, who I think is a pretty terrible quarterback, or at least substantially below average. I I don't know. I I don't believe in the Giants, especially because I think there's another team in their division that's been really impressive. Um, Okay, so moving on, another or opposite to the Giants are probably the Indianapolis Colts who everyone expected would be really good, with Matt Ryan. And they tied the Texans week one and then had a terrible game against the Jaguars. Zero points scored. I mean, this was terrible, right? Yeah, um, this is absolutely atrocious. These are two wins, that two games that if you want to make the playoffs in the AFC South, you got to pencil in a win against Houston, who is not very good, against Jacksonville, not very good. I mean... Against Houston, they just looked terrible in that first half, and the special teams wasn't playing well. They, you know, missed a, a game-winning field goal, kicked two uh, two kickoffs out of bounds, like just just bad mistakes on special teams that caught. They could have they could have easily came back, won that game. Texans kind of threw it, gave it to them, and yet they still ended up getting the tie. 
And then versus the Jaguars, I mean, this is, again, one of the worst teams in the NFL. You know, a defense that is just all around not that great. And you can't even score a point when you got guys like Michael Pittman, uh, Matt Ryan, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Like, you got probably the best running back in the league, and you're not scoring a point on the Jaguars defense. Uh, you really got to change something. Absolutely. Uh so next up, the uh, the Buccaneers Saints they had a little uh, little scuffle there, but it was a little more than a scuffle. You know, Mike Evans, uh, I think he's he's suspended for next week after uh, throwing a few punches at some Saints players. Uh, is, is there concern that this may be uh, a little too heated of a rivalry in the NFC South? I mean, I, personally, I think it's great. You know, lately in the NFL, I think everyone's a little too friendly. Everyone gets along a little too much. It's really refreshing to see these two teams that really hate each other. I mean, every single year, these games are extremely intense. Although I will say, I think this particular game went a little over the top. Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans were both suspended. Mike Evans, or sorry, they were ejected. Mike Evans has been suspended for one more game. And really, you know, this is just a classic example of these two teams just not getting along. In terms of the game itself, Jameis Winston really played poorly, as I said he would at the start of the season. He has been really, you know, up and down his whole career. Last week he was great. This week he was terrible. Against Tom Brady, you can't be making those mistakes. All right, J-Dub, let's talk about one of your favorite players, Jimmy Garoppolo. You've been saying this whole year you think Jimmy G is better than Trey Lance, and finally you got the opportunity to prove it because Trey Lance has a an injury that has ruled him out for the entire season. Jimmy G was put in against the Seahawks, and he led them to a victory. You think the 49ers are this better is off? Jimmy G's time to shine. I'm telling you right now, Jimmy G is probably going to take this team to at least the NFC Championship game, maybe the Super Bowl. I don't think he wins it because, you know, he's not, he's not that good, but he – he will bring this team to somewhere in the playoffs. You know, this is a great roster. I mean, honestly, this team, they can run the ball. They got good pass catchers. They got probably the best tight end in football, a great defense. Jimmy G just game managing this team can easily get them into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, it might be tough after this season to see what the the Niners do with Jimmy G if he brings them to a deep playoff run and they still have Trey Lance, who they, you know, spent three first-round picks trying to get uh, and – I mean, he's never started more than, what, three games? So, I mean, that's – and Jimmy G has been, been the guy there, and he's brought him to the to the Super Bowl. He's took him on deep playoff runs. If he does it again, like, how can you really not keep him? Absolutely. Yeah, and then so uh, next up, the uh, the Broncos with your old, old favorite QB, Russell Wilson – you know, they, they squeaked one out versus the Texans. It was not looking good. Week one, they were playing, you know, his old team, the Seahawks, in Seattle, and it looked really bad for him. Uh, you know, is it is it should, – should we be concerned about the Broncos? I think we should. You know, this whole season I've been saying I don't buy the Broncos. I think they're overhyped. And this was yet another example. At home, they got booed because of how – bad they were i think we after two weeks we can both acknowledge the texans are still a pretty bad football team and they somehow managed to stay in this game and russell wilson had 
you know, he had a terrible game. He had under a 50% completion percentage. At one point, he, had, he was like 4 for 15 passing or something outrageous like that. The Broncos have still not scored in the red zone. I believe Jerry Judy is now injured. He may be out for a long time. So, you know, really a terrible start for the Broncos. Even though they're 1-1, one one, they really needed to be 2-0, and, and they really needed those two wins to be quite convincing because of that division that they're in, which is one of the best divisions we've ever seen. Now, let's talk, rather than one of the more disappointing teams, you know, one of the teams that's really lived up to expectations is the Buffalo Bills. They annihilated the Rams in week one. They obliterated the Titans on Monday night football. You know, it looks like this team's going to go undefeated, right? I mean, honestly, with the way they're playing against the former Super Bowl champions, and how they played against a team that's, uh, you know, in prime position to win the AFC South if the Colts aren't having a good year. Uh, I mean, they played great. Josh Allen's looked great. Their defense has looked great, especially with that addition of Von Miller. Uh, this team's really good. They're, I think, clearly front runners for yeah. the Super Bowl. Just looking at these two games, they showed up in the season ready to play, and they, they, I mean, they showed why the they're the best team in, in football right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in the NFC East, you know, it's kind of up for grabs now with Dak Prescott hurt. The Eagles, uh, I think they're 2-0. and Could they be, they be division favorites now? I think they have to be. You know, you mentioned Dak Prescott's injury. I know Cooper, Cooper Rush helped them get a win against the Bengals, but I'm not sure if he's the, he's the answer for the Cowboys. The uh, Washington Commanders, as they're now called, you know, they lost to the Detroit Lions, so I'm not buying them. And as I said, I don't buy the New York Giants. And the Philadelphia Eagles have really impressed me, um, especially this latest week against the the Vikings. Obviously, the Vikings coming off a huge win against the Packers. Everyone's talking about whether, you know, new head coach Kevin O'Connell is going to really turn things around. He's going to implement his innovative offensive scheme and really make Kirk Cousins great. And they only scored seven points. And the Eagles' defense, I thought, played extremely well, especially in the red zone. Darius Slay had two interceptions down in the red zone. He was really phenomenal. And beyond that, I've just been extremely pleased with how Jalen Hurts has been playing. I haven't always been the biggest fan of Jalen Hurts. I'm not sure how good he is as a pocket passer, but I can't deny that he's been phenomenal through these, these, uh, these first two weeks. He had two rushing touchdowns this game, and he's really validating himself with the addition of A.J. Brown as a true starting quarterback. So that wraps up our quick hits for week two. Let's now move on to our prediction for week three. I think we can both agree that the most anticipated game is a clash between two 2-0 teams, the Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins. Who do you have winning this game, Jada? Look, I got the Bills. They've looked great against two good teams to start out. Well, one good team, one team that uh, thought they were good coming into the season to start out the year. And, uh, you know, I think they show this Dolphins team why they're still the front runner in the in the AFC uh, East, why they're still, you know, Super Bowl favorites. And uh, I think I think they're going to give a, a just very all-around good performance, dominate them on uh, all sides of the ball. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I think that this game is not going to be competitive. I think mean, the Dolphins are really overhyped right now because of how too well Tua played. And against a real team, against a real defense in the Buffalo Bills, I think they're really going to struggle. Josh Allen is on course for an MVP-like season. I think this is a blowout. I think that it's one of the biggest surprises that it's not really competitive. 
the Bills blow the Dolphins out of the water and really prove once again that they are the best team in the NFL. So that's going to wrap up uh, this edition of the Into the Huddle podcast. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you share our podcast with whoever's interested in the NFL and make sure you stay tuned next week for our reaction to week three. Thanks and goodbye.